Yeah, what's good, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Five Mics. Husband, father, educator, writer, MC. The microphone gives me wings and all of that. Uh, this is the Idea of Manhood podcast. Um, thank you so, so, so much for um, for joining us today. Uh, I've been doing this podcast, the Idea of Manhood, since October of 2015. Uh, I started with an idea that had probably been bubbling at that point in time for about eight years, nine years. Um, I did a GoFundMe and people that I love, people that I don't know, people that I know very well, um, family, teachers, friends, frat brothers, all donated to the likes of almost $4,000. They donated to me um, for me to to do this podcast. Back when podcasting was a thing, but not as much of a thing as it is now. Uh, those people contributed to uh, my dream, and, and I could never let that dream go. So of the many times where I'm like, oh, man, no one's listening to this. Like, who, who cares? Like, you know, this is too hard. It's too time-consuming. Like, no one's listening. People are so critical, and when you put yourself out there, they want to be on your neck. You know, you know anytime those, those, those doubts and fears creep in, I think about, you know, the 40 or 50 people, excuse me, that donated their hard-earned money to me. You know, people donated $100, people donated 50, 5, 3, 8, you know what I mean? They donated because they believed in the message. They believed in the idea of manhood, uh, not necessarily that they may believe in my every single message that I put out here. And, you know, as a creative, you know, as someone that has been in a creative space all of my life, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one thing to have the talent with whatever it is you're creating, right? So if you're a musician, you play music, you write, you sing, you're a writer, you draw, you dance, you design. Um, when you're in that creative space, it's one thing to create, it's another thing to be critiqued, right? And sometimes, I know for me, if we're being completely honest, you know, I let um, I let the critique get the best of me. Anyhow, I'm not gonna go into that right now. Just know that I'm encouraged. Uh, just know that I'm thankful for you for being here uh, and listening to the podcast and and choosing to uh, you know spend this time with me. I won't keep you long. I ain't gonna hold you. You know what I mean? Put that bring. I'm not gonna hold you, fam. But uh, I I'm gonna hold you. I want you to be um, captivated by whatever it is I'm gonna talk about. So this is the idea, man. Here, let me give you a little rundown of of, of what I'm all about. And, and, um, you know, just, just how this podcast is going to work. I don't like having a lot of rules and structure to the podcast, but there are some things I want to, you know, as new listeners, if you're new or as old listeners, if you've been here from day one, just want to make sure that you, you know, have, that you kind of have something to think about or, or that, that you know what to expect when you listen to the podcast. So hold tight and I'm going to give you that again. Thank you for tuning in. It's the Idea of Manhood podcast. I'll BRB. Be right back. Hold on. Boom. So listen, you heard that. All right. Listen, that's, that's the technology. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I took a little break from the podcast um, and just know that whenever I take a break, it's not just a chill. It's not that my mind every day is not thinking, man, I got to talk about that on the show. It's not that at all. As a matter of fact, um, it is me thinking about how to make podcasting a little easier for me. Um, and that doesn't mean I want it to be easy necessarily, 
but I do want it to be a little bit more convenient and efficient for me. I spend a lot of time on the road now traveling back and forth between North Carolina and D.C. for work. And, you know, sometimes I'm in the airport. Sometimes I'm on the bus. Sometimes I'm on the plane. And I'm like, yo, I got an idea. And I don't have my computer with me. So basically what I did was I transferred all of my podcasts, episodes, all my episodes, however many episodes from 2000, excuse me, 15 uh, to now uh, onto a platform called Anchor. You're going to hear a lot about it if you haven't already. Um, But Anchor has been purchased by Spotify, which is slowly becoming, if not quickly, becoming the go to for podcasts in terms of where to find them where to listen to them easily, uh, where your music is already. So <clears throat> so I transitioned to Anchor. Um, I'm trying it out. I'm looking at the, you know, I'm listening to the sound quality and the ease and how it works with editing and adding music and all that stuff. So um, I'm, I'm really excited about, about this new podcast. And I just want to make sure that folks know if this is your first time listening or if you're a return guest, I, I, I like I said, I, I don't like to overly structure the podcast. I like the free flow. I don't take a lot of notes. I don't, I'm not reading from bullet points. Um, but I do want to have like segments. I think the segments are important. Um, so while I might not do every section every day, um, the sec, the sections, uh, the segments that I like to include in the podcast overall are fist bump, right? So the fist bump will be at the beginning of the episode and that'll be like, uh, It'll be a, a, a what you call it a, a, a quote or a saying or something that that I heard that stuck with me for the week, and that's just how you're going to be introduced to what we're talking about or where I'm at at the beginning of this episode, like a fist bump, like yo, what's up, adapt, and that's what's going to be at the beginning of every episode. That'll be consistent for the most part. A segment will be the barbershop, and that's just where you know traditionally the barbershop is where. You know, men can go and, and be at ease and feel relaxed. And in that segment, we're going to focus on mental healthness, mental wholeness. We're going to talk about emotional intelligence. We're going to talk about, you know, about love and relationships and um, in, in the barbershop. Now, in full disclosure, I don't like the barbershop <laughs> myself, uh, but I do recognize the importance of, 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 of the barbershop. And that's what we will cover in those sections. Cool. So send me ideas. If there's things you want me to cover, you want to talk with me. I'm, I'm, I have this new format I'm going to talk about with, with hearing from guests and all that good stuff. Right. So another segment will be Mr. Logan, Mr. Logan's corner. Now, those of you that have been listening, have heard me talk about this before, but Mr. Logan was my first piano teacher in Brooklyn, New York and Marcy at Concord Baptist church. Mr. Logan was, if I'm going to be presumptive, Mr. Logan was probably the first gay man I've ever met. Um, And at four years old, when I started taking piano lessons, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew he had very, uh, very soft shirts (laughs) and very wide collars and just silky smooth. But he was mean as hell. Um, But he loved music. And um, that was really outside of my mom, my first introduction to like organized music lessons. And I played piano from the age of four to about 15. And I was pretty damn good. And one of the things, one of the biggest regrets, if we're talking about regrets, uh, regrets, if we're talking about regrets early is that I stopped playing piano. Uh, It was something I really enjoyed and I didn't appreciate it when I was a teenager. And like a lot of teenagers, they give up on things and, you know, um, that's a regret of mine. 
another segment will be um, I hate the PTA, and that's gonna be my um, it's gonna be my education segment. You know where you know I'm, I'm a lifelong educator. I've been an educator in different sec uh, sectors for 20 years, from working on college campuses, working in nonprofit organizations, working with state government, city government. Uh, working with uh, family organizations all around, you know, when looking back at it, it's been all around equity and access, right? Like making sure that folks most impacted by equity, the poorest folks, the folks who, you know, whose doors have been shut in their face, who, you know, don't have access, don't have money, don't have information, making sure that they have the ability and the access to, to better their lives, whatever that means for them. Um, that's the lane that I've been working on my whole life, uh, in the field of education. So I started out in college, didn't really like, I, I love the college environment, the college, the, the politics behind higher education. It's not for me. Couldn't deal with it. You know, I wasn't strong enough to deal with the bureaucracy, um, you know, the personalities of leadership, uh, in, in different schools where the leaders were more important than the kids. And I just didn't want to be a part of that. So that'll be one segment. I hate the PTA and it's entitled that because I hate the PTA. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that in an episode. Um, I have children that are in school, seventh grade and first grade. And um, I don't like what the PTA represents. And we'll talk about that in another section. And my final section, which I'll probably do in every episode is called Real T, right? So for those of my Trini, my Trini massive out there, um, Real T is a Trinidadian dish. Um, it's, it's food where it is, um, it's hard to describe, but it's a roti wrap. The wrap is actually called a roti. Inside of the wrap, it's curry, and it could be curry, meat, goat, fish, chicken, beef, goat. Uh, and, 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 and it's a hearty dish. And I grew up eating that with my grandma. Shout out to Mud. Shout out to Andrews, the Thomas family, the Nelson family. Um, I grew up eating roti. And, and that section for us here in this podcast will be the meat, like where you sit down and where you got to digest it, where you got to take time. You could try to eat a roti fast if you want, um, but you, you're not going to be able to take it all in. So um, that'll be what the roti section is about. So uh, this is a welcome back. This is this is a starting news. So I won't do all sections today. Um, but I just wanted to make sure y'all knew what to expect when y'all tune in. I'm not going to have y'all here around and around in circles. Um, I'm going to try to be direct, poignant, and, and to the point, understanding that I am human and I will rant and I am known to do that. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll try to keep a nice balance there. Cool. We good. Fist bump, right? So let's come back with the fist bump and then we'll, we might just hop right into the roti from there. Word. All right, one, be right back. So, boom, check it. Um, the fist bump. So, like I said, the fist bump is like an intro. Just the, the space that I'm in, it'll it'll welcome you to the show. Uh, it'll let you know kind of the, the, the mood I'm in, right? So, that's your fist bump. You can tell a lot from a handshake. You can tell a lot from a fist bump. So, hopefully, that's, that's what this segment will be. So, those of you that have been following me, if you follow me on any social media over the past, few weeks uh the world has been the nation has been i have been Im impacted deeply by the death of nipsey hustle uh, for those not in the new in the know of course nipsey was a a musician 
a rapper, entrepreneur, a father, a brother, a son, um, and and he was killed tragically in Los Angeles outside of his clothing store um, called the Marathon Clothing Company, and um, it impacted me pretty hard. I mean, from first, of course, you know how I knew about Nipsey, and I you know haven't even known about him that long was through his music. His last album, Victory Lap, came out in February of 2018. And upon first listen, I was like, yo, this is different. This is special. I don't even like L.A. rap like that. And, and it was dope. And, um, you know, his passing just hit me hard because he was really trying to do things differently. Uh, he was really representing black men in a way that I feel is, is just powerful. And I'm motivated in his death. And that, and that makes me sad. You know what I mean? That 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 the motivation that I have is 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 you know instigated through his passing um but not gonna focus on that I'm gonna focus on keeping his memory alive and my fist bump today is a quote by Nipsey where he said you know thought is powerful in all phases even in my career even in my life things end up exactly how I visualize them that's by the late, great Nipsey Hussle. I'm going to read that again. It's short as one sentence, two sentences. But he says, thought is, a, is, thought is powerful in all phases. Even in my career, even in my life, things end up exactly how I visualize them. So think about that. Um, let that sit with you for a minute. Uh, that's the fist bump. And I'll be R.B. Okay, so boom. So we're going to go into the roti segment. Um, pass me the roti now. Oh, oh, that's that's going to be the new name of the segment. It's not just going to be the roti segment because that sounds real American, right? Is uh, The name of this segment is Pass Me the Roti Now. Um, <laughs> Y'all will get that later. Uh, but, yo, for real, like something that's been, you know, heavy on my mind lately is um, is the news, Right, I watch I watch a lot of news. Uh, I, I have the TV on when I come home and I'm relaxing. I'm doing stuff in the kitchen. I'm doing whatever. I got to just turn the news on because I want to see you know what's going on and you know get the weather and all that stuff, right? Um, but here recently, when I say recently, maybe the past five to eight years, um, it's it's been starting to become evident. And this is something that we all know that like the news and the media, of course, like they're putting. They're, they're putting programming out like the information that they're sharing with us <clears throat> isn't necessarily information that is designed for us to be empowered. It isn't designed for us to be, you know, informed maybe, but it's, it's designed to create a reaction from us. Right. Like they want us as a result of their news to do something. And I don't mean just news on NBC or CNN or wherever you get your news. I'm, I'm talking about on Facebook. I'm talking about um, Twitter. I'm talking about all social. I'm talking about information, right? And the themes of information that I see in different spaces are, you know, are, I don't want to say alarming, but they are definitely themed. And when it comes to the information that's shared about black and brown folks, 
it's oftentimes negative. Like we know that, right? Like we know that this is not anything new. I'm not telling you anything that's you're like, oh my God. But what what has been striking to me is not just the news and what's being shared with us, but it's our reactions to the news and our oftentimes knee-jerk reactions to things that should require a little thought, right? Or, or, or should be at least kind of looked at with the side eye at first until we really figure out like, what is it that they're trying to, what is it that they're trying to do? Are we falling into this trap of the news kind of playing on the emotions of the people that are most, uh, you know, that, that are most needy or that, that have the most need, right? That are the most impoverished, that are the most, um, you know, neglected by society where there are institutions that purposefully neglect certain populations. The news and information that's shared about those people are oftentimes shared to create a reaction. For black and brown folks, that reaction that they want from us is anger. They want us to be angry and afraid and threatened and to feel the scarcity of maybe our realities or the realities of our people, right? To have this feeling like, oh, things are being taken away from us. Things are being done to us. We don't have control over these things. And for us to be okay, we must riot. We must cry. We must fight. We must scrape. We must, you know, respond in these ways that are emotional, but that don't oftentimes address the foundational issue, right? Um, and to me, that is, to me, when folks do that purposefully, it's one of the most egregious acts that the media and celebrity and pop culture, whatever it might be, can do towards black and brown folks. I think it is a crime worthy of serious punishment, right? So I say that to say, and, and something that kind of, you know, sparked and, and where I became victim, really, not a victim, but I guess where a lot of us became victim and where a lot of us are kind of still scratching our heads about this Jussie Smollett situation. I had a whole podcast, two podcasts, really, dedicated to responding to the hate crime that was um, you know, that, that Jesse allegedly, I don't even know what to say, like that he experienced, I don't that he allegedly experienced. I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Um, but this story was put out by who? I don't know. It caused us to react. You know, I'm saying us because it caused me to react. Um, you know, from that, I mean, for me, I'll just say, you know, it led for me to have an awesome conversation with my uh, frat brother and friend, Brandon Brown. Check out that episode if you haven't. Um, it, we had an awesome conversation about Jussie and about just the relationship between, you know, stereotypically between straight black men and gay black men in the communities and, and how we could work together to empower one another. Fantastic conversation. Uh, at the same time, there were other conversations not had by Brandon and I that we're just in the community that we're all over the place. There were people were responding to 
you know, things in a very dramatic way when it came to Jesse and then when it came, when it comes to every issue that they put in front of us about race. What are they, what, what are they doing? Who's they? What are we doing? I don't think that we can put too much faith or too much power, too much energy into the reasoning behind, you know, these clickbait stories they're putting out. But I mean, we can definitely put some thought behind and and some, I don't know, for lack of a better word, some procedures to how we respond to it, right? So that's what I want to leave you with today. Like, I really think it's important. Something else that I like to do with my podcast, especially with the shorter format, is like I want to leave you with something. I want to leave you with something to think about. I want to leave you with like an action item that you can take and try to incorporate into your life. You know what I mean? Um, and so I just want us to think about, you know, when we hear these stories in the last three weeks in Washington, D.C., there's been a lot of conversations about gentrification, you know, the, the gentrification that's been happening in D.C. for the last 15 years. Yeah. Apparently, it became a real issue this week because there was a story about a a, a T-Mobile store on U Street or Georgia or Georgia Avenue. I'm like, where is it? Georgia? Yeah, over by Howard. There's a store that has historically, for 20 plus years, played go-go outside the store. I walked by that store every day for uh, a little while when I worked at Howard University. Um, and it was awesome. I mean, it was it was a beautiful thing. It was the city. It was the people like in that area, especially just the people out there, you know, the people of D.C., people at Howard University. It was cultural. It was it was colorful. It was beautiful. And there was a story recently that came out about a neighbor complained about the music being too loud and they were forced to turn off the music. And I use you can't see me, of course, but I'm using air quotes when I say forced because I don't know. Like, I, where's the complaint? Who? Who was it to the police? Did someone just come up to the store and say, can you turn the music down? That's not a formal complaint. That's just someone being being cranky. I don't know. But um, so that story was put out there and it became this whole movement about don't mute D.C. And they had all this beautiful celebration of go go music out on U Street, out on Georgia Avenue, folks party in the street. And again, similar to the conversation between me and Brandon about Jesse, the result this time was pretty positive result. I mean, you know, folks dancing, folks celebrating the culture of Washington, D.C. Can't go wrong with that. Um, one week later, we a story is linked to the gentrification going on in that area of the city um, because, uh, put it point blank and simple, like white folks are walking their dogs and running and having their dogs pissing shit all over Howard University, right? Um, the campus, which is in the middle of an area of D.C. that's slowly gentrifying, right? Um, now, before we even talk about how we feel about gentrification, um, there were many layers to this story, right? There are many layers to this story about Howard University. Um, and depending on what triggered you in the story, uh, you focused your energies on an aspect of the story. So there was one man that said, why can't you move the university? And most of the reactions that I saw online with people responding to him, to this one man, focusing all their energy and going on his Instagram page and making fun of him. And I don't, I don't care. I don't care if I ever see his face. I don't, I don't, I don't need to see all that. That was on Instagram. But, um, you know what I'm saying? To me, that's misguided energy. What do they want us to do with this information? 
when they put this information out, gentrifiers, the colonizers are walking on campus and they're walking their dogs on the yard. Okay, cool. Um, the president releases a statement. Okay, cool. What now? Like, the campus has been there for over 100 years. The campus will continue to be there. What other opportunities are there to respond to this in a way that's going to empower the folks on campus, empower the children, the young people that are freshmen through seniors on campus, the grad students? Are there ways that we can like that the university can capitalize on this as opposed to the news media outlets, the social media clickbait folks that are just want people to do what be enraged? They want people to be in fear. They are encroaching on our space, right? That's the narrative. And what do we do with that narrative? We, we, we riot, we go on the news and we grow. They're going to walk on our campus. Like what is really like, what is the goal of this? And, and, and how are we productively now? It's been a week. I haven't heard anything about Howard university. Did people automatically stop walking through campus? Are people not still bringing their dogs on campus? I don't know, but I tell you what, we saw that guy's Instagram page. You see what I'm saying? So what are we really, really talking about? Um, and that's what I want you to think about. So I, I said I was going to give you a tool. And really, all I want you to do, what I want you to think about, um, when you're scrolling through Instagram, when you're scrolling through Facebook, when you're scrolling through these different social media sites and, 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 and news sites, take time before you react. You know, we have to be more than a headline society. A lot of the reasons that folks are jumping to all sorts of conclusions because they're just reading the headlines. Um, read these articles and think about what is it like who wrote this article? What is their frame of mind? What source is this coming from? Like, What's the mass media source that's pushing this content? And where did I find it? And lastly, thinking about like, what's the issue? What's the real issue? What is the issue that's impacting the most people, like number, and then the people that are most impacted by inequity in our society, right? To me, that should always be the issue. So when they focused on, on Becky, from full, from full House and the money that she paid to get her kid into college, like I said from day one, that's not the issue. The issue is the colleges. The issue is there are families that are literally being jailed and fined for using the wrong address for their elementary school because the elementary school in their neighborhood don't have books or don't have central heating or air conditioning or have facilities that are so abandoned and abused that teachers can't use the restroom. So guess what? Families fake their addresses or change it or go live with auntie and nene in them in another part of the city so that their kid can learn to read. Those people get jailed. Um, Becky is not the story, folks. You know what I'm saying? The story is how are higher education institutions being held in this regard that people think that they have to spend $500,000. And then folks in the hood are saying, y'all got to go to college. You got to go to college to get out of the hood. You know, college first. My baby's going to go to college. Why? Why? Why is that your first thing? Because Aunt Becky also has the same reasoning, also has the same desire to send her kids to college. You, Nene from Southeast, 
and our Becky from Calabasas have the same goal, but don't have the same means to get your kid there for your kid to be successful in these environments. So like, that's the story in my opinion, in my humble opinion. So I, I just want us to take time to really think about what we're responding to. Our initial reaction might not be the right reaction. That might not be where we want to spend our energy. And if it is, before you go posting and sharing, you know, please do that responsibly. Understanding that everything doesn't have to be shared. You can see a story be like, yo, that's crazy, and then move on, right? Because the, the, the thing that I really, really hate to see in my timeline, I hate to see anything about Donald Trump in my timeline. That's my bias, right? I don't want to see anything. I don't want to see his fucking face on my timeline. And I know most of the people that I share internet space with or share sites with, they don't want to see him either. But they repost articles talking about how bad he is. I know. We all know. Why are you reposting it? Right? Don't we understand enough about social media and the, the, the data threads and the algorithms that capture the information that we post and then suggest similar articles of either hate or being for something that you don't hate it. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't like, you don't necessarily have to share it. You can share like, Oh man, this, this was crazy. And, and, and share a personal reflection about it. Once you've thought about it, but just sharing the article, be like, Whoa, that's wild. And then, you know, not engaging with people about how to solve this issue or what to do about it next. I think sometimes uh, can be dangerous um, and, and it's not very helpful. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, and that That's how I'm choosing to respond and react to these issues in, uh, you know, all of these issues about race that are, that they're hitting us in the face with every day. I will not be moved. I will not feel scared. I will not be fearful. I will not feel anger. First, you know what I'm saying? Even if an article is angering, I'm like, okay, let me read more. How do I relate? How do, let me think a second. They want me to be angry. How can I take this and make this empowering for me and the people around me? Um, that's how I'm choosing. Yo, so again, thank you so much for uh, for listening to the Idea Manhood podcast. I am uh, so thankful that you're here. Again, you could choose any podcast in the world. You're here with me. No, I'm playing. Um, but seriously, I really appreciate uh, appreciate all your support. Keep on supporting. Support the sponsored guests. We have commercials now. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get paid. <laughs> no, I'm dead ass. Like, I'm serious. Um... But, you know, click the link, you know, I'm just, you know, just trying to make sure that, you know, as creators, a lot of times we give away our stuff for free and, um, you know, we do it for the love, but at the, at the same time, uh, you know, I do it because I think I'm good at it and I do it because I think I have a talent that, um, to share with you all. Um, so I, I, I really appreciate your support and we're going to talk more about support and sponsorship and how y'all can really support the podcast. If you're enjoying it, you know, podcasts are free for y'all to listen to, but if you like to contribute, you know, I definitely would appreciate that. I'm not going to hit you in the head over it, but I will talk about it in the next episode. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. This is the idea of manhood. 
This is uh, Five Mics, <laughs> husband, father, educator, writer, MC, the Idea Manhood Podcast. Peace.